This can be a wild and wacky process, to say the least. But here's one aspect of it that tends to bear its ugly head here and there. And especially in deep stage realization, there comes a time when this specific aspect becomes the sort of um, central component of the unbinding process or the practice of investigating the nature of false identity or false separate identity. That is, simply stated, the mind, the thought process, does not like it when it has nothing to orient to. There are many iterations of how this plays out, and I can unpack it in a lot of ways, but I think just as a simple uh, guiding principle, not that you need a guiding principle, but as a simple um, orientation, to just state that when we see that, let's call it the unconditioned, unfiltered reality, it has no orientation. Uh, our mind, our thought process, it just does not like that. It's fundamentally uncomfortable for it. Now the good news is it, the mind, the thought process, is not what you are. And when we have this initial shift, this initial awakening, that takes a pretty big hit, meaning a lot of identity around who I am in thought that I exist as some distinct separate entity moving through time. All of that belief mass really uh, calms a lot. You could say it falls away, but I'm not sure I'm comfortable telling people that there's no sense of self after that initial shift and that there's no doership at all. There's no sense of striving or trying or agency because I don't think that's accurate. But largely, uh, it's seen through. The self of the mind, the self of thought, the distinct separate self in time and space. Uh, the idea that that actually exists, that that's a fundamental truth, kind of goes away. Now, of course, after that, there's still a lot of resistance pattern, reactivity, dualistic perceptual filters. All of that's generally still there. And we work through that later on. But I just want to point out that <clears throat> with this initial shift, we don't necessarily um, completely lose our ability to orient. The tendency to orient, whether it's to a dualistic experience, whether it's to a frame of reference, a belief system, or a reaction, uh, is still there and it's still operating. It might feel like it's in the background. Sometimes it may feel like it's in the foreground. You may not even notice it at all, but often it's just a sort of sneaking suspicion that there's something there still, something trying to orient, something trying to hold it all together, something that wants to have some inner world or inner space to reflect on everything out there to keep itself separate and alive. That feeling, that's the orienting I'm talking about. So this may sound um, a little hard to get to, but I think everyone at every stage of this process can relate to the fact that it can be uncomfortable when suddenly we just don't 
know what to orient to. And again, at some point you realize it's not just that you don't know what to orient to. You see that there's no way to orient anymore. There's nothing to grasp onto and say, that's me. I'm here. That's there. That's real. This is not real. This Dharma is true Dharma and that's false Dharma. Like you can't do that anymore because you see it's false. That's uncomfortable at various levels. Sometimes late in realization, it, what's most uncomfortable is letting go of realization. Letting go of the idea that it's going to get you something, including cessation, including the end of rebirth, whatever it is. However you're hooked up to, to believe this stuff and understand it, it can be your final fixation. So just be aware of that. That's the orientation, and that orientation has to be let go of. And it will be let go of. I mean, that's the natural process of it, is unbinding. So just learn, I think, early on to be okay with the truth that you don't need anything to orient to. The momentary appearances are orientation enough. And when non-dualistic realization is clear, that orientation is a very different kind of orientation. It's not a, an orientation in time or space. It's not an orientation in view. It's just an orientation of a sort of pure, non-dualistic, luminous being that doesn't exist anywhere specific. It's impossible to talk about it, but it, it turns out to be okay. And it turns out to be plenty to function in the relative. So this is why it becomes imperative to lean in to the senses later in realization, the vivid sense fields. Otherwise, you're just going to be orienting to something in the mind. You may even be orienting to the belief that there is no one. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to look. There's no work to do. There's no one who can inquire. And you're actually fixating in the view of the absolute. The view of no self. It's a view. It's a belief system. And it's serving the same purpose as the belief system of self. It's trying to give you somewhere to orient, somewhere that feels safe, somewhere that feels like you can depend on it and believe in it. Yeah? So what does it feel like to let go of that? <laughs> right? So you orient to non-orienting. You abide in non-abiding. There is only this appearance, the sum total of what we call the sense fields. But those are just like symbols. They're symbolic, the sensory experiences or something. So how to not orient? Well, that's something that there is no how. We've gone beyond how at this point. It's more like trust or settle or learn to recognize the natural ease of abiding neither in being nor non-being, real nor unreal, empty nor full, form nor emptiness. It's not negating any of those. You just don't abide in any of it. There's nothing that abides anywhere. So there's an absolute simplicity to this. It becomes ridiculously simple, actually, and easy <laughs> and completely natural. 
but there's no clinging. No real expectation, no hesitation, no fixation. No need to be here or there. No need to be on the inside or the outside. No need to be someone and no need to be no one. That's freedom. And freedom is your birthright. <laughs>